This is an ABC podcast. Hi and welcome to You Little Ripper. I'm Kurt Fernley, former Paralympian, and on today's show, finally, accusations of tightness get levelled at moi. <laughs> Are they true? No! No? Yes. <laughs> You've done a lot of things in your life and career, Kurt Fernley. Have you ever willingly bought someone a coffee? A free coffee should count. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to investigate this further. I'm Georgie Tunney, ABC Sport reporter and unofficial number one ticket holder for the Paralympic Games. We are broadcasting from Wurundjeri country as we do every day on You Little Ripper. Kurt Fernley, you've had about two hours sleep. What had you screaming, you little ripper, last night? Our two Australian table tennis gods. Yes, yes. That was Lin Ale and also Yang Chen. Uh, they were two amazing matches. I haven't seen that much table tennis in my <laughs> entire life, but... I loved it. It was so great. And there was so much of that to love. I was yelling, you little ripper, every single point. When they got the gold medal, when they got on the podium, mm. and then when they did the interview together. Oh. Oh, it's just a beautiful part of the green and gold that it needs to represent, you know, 60,000 years of history, but also welcome the, the newest of arrivals and and when Yen Chen was speaking in Mandarin and it being uh, interpreted by uh, uh, Li Nalei, I just thought that was amazing. Welcoming and that's what the green and gold is. It's this huge spectrum of people that call Australia home and want to represent it abroad. It, it, it was a fantastic moment. So Li Nalei and also Yang Chen and also Ma Lin, they came across to Australia after Rio. So they moved from China and now representing Australia to great success. But I think you're right, Kurt. It was the level of joy that they both had talking to each other after their performances. They are so genuinely excited to represent Australia and their new lifestyles here. I, I loved Lena Lay last night when she was asked, you know, what what is your favourite thing about being Australian now? And she's like, it's my preferred lifestyle. Just still serious, <laughs> but just so happy about it. And what performances we've seen from this team. Two golds, two silvers now, and we're going to head into the teams event. Yeah, the biggest, the best event that we have ever done in table tennis was 1964, where we won one gold and three silver medals. Already we have two gold and two silvers. Yeah. So that is just on its own amazing. Uh, the last time we won a gold medal in table tennis was 1984. Gosh. So it was also Sam von Eyman got yeah. the silver and Marlene silver earlier on in the week. But there was also another moment in the interview when Lee Nale was asked about her team mm -hmm. and she goes, this is this is not just a team, they're my family. Yes. Uh, and that that beautiful moment as well, that, that uh, culture of the mm -hmm. Australian Paralympic team about being supportive, mm -hmm. about being a family, to see that in, in, again, one of our newest competitors who has experienced so much success when she represented China. I... Well, that, that was perfect for me. My You Little Ripper moment last night happened on the track. It was in the field events. It was the javelin. Michael Burian won silver and broke a world record. How is this possible, you ask? He was competing in the F64. He 
His class is F44. So, Kurt, I want you to explain to me how the classes work and why if you break a world record you may not necessarily win gold. It is because there's multi-disability in the one event sometimes, Mm. they do a percentage of the world record. So if you go over your specific world record that is in your classification Mm -hmm. because to make an even playing field across disability groups, they have to classify you into different uh, functional... uh, uh, abilities, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then you line up against people from other classifications, percentage of the world record will be the winner. It just so happened that there were multiple <laughs> world record yeah. holders yesterday. So that meant you could break your own world record and still be short. But that's the level of competition here. That was it. And that was it, was the competitive competitiveness between the athletes. But for Burian to throw... 66.29 metres, yeah, the Paralympic spirit as he was just launching that spear, technical term, <laughs> that spear into the field and for it to record that, the, just the yell that came from him when he saw it go over the 65 line and he just knew that it was huge and it was just this yell of relief but also joy. My, I was really confused when you started saying that that's your you little ripper <laughs> moment because you're half dolphin. Yes. I was going to assume that you would have gone to the 4 by 100 <laughs> metre 34 points men's freestyle yes, but yep. now I know why. Your obsession with storming the gates of Mordor <laughs> and you've just thought, you've thought oh, I'm going to start recruiting again. <laughs> so you've went straight to the you know, just javelin. Congratulations. I'm going to need the best team when I storm Mordor so why can't I have the silver medalist in Bury I think I, I think that's allowed. I, I think I think that you're in the right place. Look, if <laughs> I'm going to storm the gates, I'm going to get the strongest people in the world. Yes. Ooh, that is the Australian Paralympic team. Why not get the one that knows how to utilise a weapon to quite a long distance? Yeah, to great effect. To great effect. Kurt, I do have to let you in on a little secret. So, Michael Burian, congratulations. Here's my You Little Ripper moment. But um, I, I was pretty nervous, pretty anxious. During that relay race last night, the 4 by 100 metres freestyle, 34 points, gold medal, world record. This uh, can neither confirm nor deny if this was if this was me. Yes! Yes, 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 yes. I've just been cheering. Oh, the last lap. Well done, Popham. You little ripper. Oh, God. So I could actually hear you from the other side of the city last night. So that's why I thought straight away that this is going to be your you little ripper moment. Oh. But it's got to be the best of the rest. What an amazing performance. And 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 Rowan Crothers, friend of the show. Friend of the show. And Ben Poppin, friend, friend of, of the, the show. show. Uh, with Will Martin and Matt Levy. That was so good. I don't think I've regained my breath. I I don't. And you could hear it there. I was was pretty out of breath. I haven't regained it because for me, it was the lead off, the lead off lap from Rowan Crothers. He swam faster in that relay than he did in his individual event, 51.35. And then to finish at home, Ben Popham, we know how great mates they are out of the pool, but he held off the Italian team. The Italian sprinter was coming at him so fast, but he held his lead and he touched first, touched in world record time. It's the it's the best of the rest. It's amazing. Also, Kurt, best of the rest, and it's happened this morning. A gold, a silver, 
a bronze in the road cycling. And they're names that we know we've talked about before. Darren Hicks, Emily Petrocola, Meg Lemon. That was such <laughs> the per- it's the perfect way to start the road cycling. We have such a strong team in the yeah. cycling event. We've spoken about how they literally will only take you, only the medalists, mm. like those who are potential to get gold, silver and bronze, that's how tight the selection process is. So it's really hard to get on this team. I, it is just phenomenally hard. Mm. You, you you might see a, a few development athletes uh, make it into the, the larger teams, your athletics and, uh, and, and swimming, but mm. in the cycling, they are knife edge. Uh, it was so great to see uh, Meg Lemon get on the podium for that bronze medal. She was fourth place earlier in the week and see... To see Darren Hicks get that as well, when we saw him win his uh, silver medal in the velodrome, Mm. and he immediately spoke about the road race is where I'm at. This time trial on the road is where I'm at. That's where my preparation has been building. To see that all work out for him, that is so amazing. Especially because when we we spoke to him, we got his reaction about the first time he even put on his Paralympic kit and he was crying because it meant that much to him. He raced today in the time trial. He finished in 34 minutes, 39 seconds, 0.78. One and a half minutes ahead of the silver medalist. Amazing. It was just a sensational ride. And I'm so happy for him, his family, his connections, his coaches. <laughs> it was just sensational. And also for Emily Petrocola to back up her gold medal at the yeah. velodrome with the silver. Uh, what do you say? This last 24 hours has just been sensational. So if we just take away the cycling medals that we won this morning from yesterday's action, three gold, two silver, one bronze on one day of competition. Huge. And we also had the news that the Bells, our favourite sports team in the world, are through to the quarterfinals in the goal ball. To see the Bells celebrate this as well, they're they're so joyful. The way they approach their sport, the team, Mm -hmm. the movement as a whole, the the idea that uh, that goal ball is actually on free-to-wear, it's getting mentioned everywhere. I think that's... One of the one of the real positive parts of this Paralympic movement, it's about bringing sports that have not been seen before mm-hmm. and getting them into the mainstream. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, goalboard doesn't disappear for another three yeah. years. Hopefully, these girls come back home. It's able to be developed a bit more. Mm-hmm. We're able to get more guys who are blind and visually impaired into the sport. Mm-hmm. It's able to be spoken about more at schools. Yes. You know, all of those follow-on effects. That's uh, that's what we're here for. And one of those other sports that is really coming into people's focus, boccia. Boccia. Uh, Dan Michelle and Spencer Cotty, they both uh, they both weren't able to get wins yesterday. Uh, that's when Spencer is no longer in the uh, individual yep. comp, yep. but he does have teams coming on later yes. in the week. Dan progresses through to the next round despite the loss, so we're still cheering Bocce, which is, <laughs> which is amazing, and, and it is another one of those sports that is unique to the Paralympic movement. So we are sending all the you little ripper love to Dan over the next couple of rounds. Yes. We want to see him go as far as he possibly can. And... and Shout out also to our good friend Jared Clifford, a bronze medal in the T13 1500 metres. The man is a legend. He is an absolute freak on the track, isn't he? He's so good. He leaves everything that is him on that track to seek that medal. It's, uh, you know, I can't say enough uh, positive stuff about him. And he's got such a huge schedule. So congrats, Jared. A silver in the 5000 metres. 
Bronze now in the 1500. We await to see what he can do in the marathon. Read the legend Hollywood McCracken. <laughs> I think, hands down, one of the best names in world sport. Reed McCracken. Are you kidding? It's it's made it's made to go fast. Well, <laughs> it really is. I, I think that once Reed was born, it must have been a really <laughs> quick labour, and they went, "This kid's gonna go fast. Let's call him Reed." I'm assuming this is now his normal name. Yeah. The Hollywood <laughs> McCracken. I, that's his silver medal last night. I I I love to see that. Reed McCracken, silverware extraordinaire. <laughs> Reed, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Mate, you did <laughs> so well yesterday. Uh, I love the race. You, how are you reflecting on it now? Yeah, I'm really happy with it. Um, you know, I think straight afterwards, um, yeah, uh, when I got home, my partner actually was like, oh, you, you looked a bit disappointed. And I was like, mm, no, I was just extremely hot and uncomfortable so um i was really happy with it and you know after reflecting overnight like it's just a it's like a you know it's a big achievement and you know for myself to be able to you know be really consistent in that event like that's my third silver in the hundred at three games so uh, medals are pretty hard to win so i'll take that any day what were the conditions like on track read to put it bluntly bloody hot um <laughs> it was you know i like we've raced in a lot of different places before, like um, Dubai and Doha and all these places. And, and Rio was was really hot in itself as well. But uh, just the humidity is, it was just unbelievable. Like when I got out, well, when I was sitting in cool room and then got out onto the track and I was looking at all my competitors, that's what I was really nervous. Um, I've never been so nervous for a race before. And I was looking at all my competitors, you know, from Finland and, and Great Britain. And they're all sitting there fine, not sweating at all. And I'm just, it's <laughs> just pouring off me. Uh, so I was, that made me really nervous. So, you know, but the conditions are the same for everyone, I guess. Um, just dead still in the stadium and, uh, and hot. Why do you think you were so nervous? Was it the, the distance between the last time you really raced these guys? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think purely just, that really the fact that 2019 was the last time that i'd seen these guys you don't know where the gap is like if they've made up ground on you or if um if you've made ground on everyone else uh, i just had no idea and a lot of these guys did do some of the swiss series so they had raced each other a little bit um and you know obviously we were in a, a really different situation so i think that's probably why i was so nervous about it to be honest Three straight silvers behind your Tunisian rider and main rival, Katila. What is the relationship like between you two? There's a mutual respect for sure, I think, because we've raced each other for so long and we've been back and forth for so long. Like, obviously, he's won most of the majors. Um, well, actually, he's, yeah, pretty much all of them, except for, I think, maybe one, the 800 metres in Rio. Um, so there's definitely a mutual respect there. But in terms of relationship, probably not as much purely, just purely on the fact that, um, yeah, I don't know what he's saying. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised that we can be friends because not many people uh, know what I'm saying either. So <laughs> struggle daily. I've got to pick you up on something that you said post-race yesterday. Is this true? Did you call Kurt Fernley a tight ass? <laughs> <laughs> I did call him a tight, tight ass. Um, and I'll stand by those words. They're <laughs> as true as anything. 
I don't know if you've been out for a coffee with him. He'll tell you he's taking you for a coffee, but it'll just be somewhere where he's got a free coffee coming up. So <laughs> this is this is all lies. I will not tolerate it. An internal review will handle this slander. <laughs> but mate, this is a dangerous thing to heckle a person that actually has. You've got five minutes, or maybe ten minutes on this show. I've got the next. 20 minutes to give you a spray. So it's it's a bold move. It is a bold move, but as I said, I'll stand by it and I'll back it. And uh, I think the family household will probably back it too. You know what's funny? I was claiming that I bought this virtual seat for Reed. Yes. Uh, that, that happened last night. And then when he called me a tight ass, I, I, had, I had to admit that, no, I didn't buy the seat. I didn't know it was bought. My wife bought the seat. It was at the request of my seven-year-old. And I was asking them both to justify this huge expense. Uh, I'm really interested. You have three silver medals on the trot on the, uh, the 100. Uh, Paris is three years away. Can you go quicker? Yeah, definitely. I think like, I mean, the times yesterday, they weren't really that quick compared to our like personal best. So I think, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's what these years are for to try and, you know, just build up into the, you know, be as best as you can at the games. Um, And hopefully that's what we'll do. You know, I spoke to um, our coach, not that you're training anymore, but I spoke to Andrew Dawes <laughs> yesterday and I know he's got some plans for things coming up. Um, and hopefully, you know, that's, that's all, that's all we can do is just keep trying. And, and as you said, the game's only, the next game's only three years away, but I don't really want to think about that too much right now because we still have another <laughs> event here. And, um, and also three years is so long and you're the one who has to deal with my breakdown phone calls. And I call you and I stress about the games coming up. Look, mate, I'll take those calls. As long as you're not asking for a buck, we're good. <laughs> you wouldn't get one out of you anyway. <laughs> hey, Reid, what's it like racing in front of no crowd? Um, <laughs> look, yeah, it was, it was a bit unusual. Like, you can actually, you know, I mean, even though they say there's no cheering in there, like the Australian group that's in there just seem to do whatever they want to do and, and yell as loud as they want. So you can hear those people, which is, which is really good. And, and the support that you get from them, but it is strange. Like, you know, I think that um, for us racing at like world championships and that, when there's not really big crowds there, kind of, you know, you get used to it a little bit, um, but it would have been nice to see. It's really disappointing that, you know, obviously everything's happened and and there couldn't be a crowd in there because I think that, you know the stadium looks inside. It's just amazing, and I think, you know, they would have had uh, they would have packed it out each day. Mate, you've been in two Paralympic Games before Tokyo. How do how do you describe the experience that in the village that you're in right now? It's different. It's really different. Um, but to put, to put everything aside, I think they've done an amazing job. It's a it's a it's a great village. Really nice. Um, but yeah, I think it's unfortunate with everything that's gone on. Um, it's, it's the, it's the mask when it's so hot is what's, uh, killing me the most, to be honest, is, you know, I think the food has been amazing, you know, all the, um, the Australian nutritionists and, and that are just working around the clock. Like I've never seen so much hard work put in before. It's just, it's unbelievable. And, uh, you know, I think we need to thank them, you know, yeah, a lot because, um, Without them, you know, I think we would have been a bit 
would have been in a bit of trouble. Well, you're an absolute legend, Reid, and this is where the interrogation of uh, of you by Kurt and me really amps up a little bit here. We're going to play Fast Five, which is basically quick fire questions at you. Just think of the answers as quickly as you can, but we might interrogate you no. on each of them. <laughs> Fast Five. What do you wish you had in the village but you can't get? My family. That's a good answer. We will judge your answers, (laughs) okay? We're an independent (laughs) body here, all right? We won't Uh, be swayed, but, yes, it was a good answer. Yeah, we're giving you high marks for that. Number two, what's your superstition? I like to have a shower before I race, something that people find really weird. They're like, well, you're getting up in the morning, you're going to go sweat. I'm like, yeah, but I like to feel fresh, so... (laughs) (laughs) Mate, that's the model coming out on you. You want to be on that start line looking good. Don't lie. (laughs) What's your your all-time favourite Paralympic moment? Uh, My all-time favourite moment was um, winning a medal and being able to see my family in the stands in London. Um, was really amazing. Who's your favourite teammate? Past or present. (laughs) Any. And why am I? (laughs) I knew you were going to say that. I was waiting for it. Um, <laughs> favorite teammate. I have. Can I? I've got two. My roommate, uh, Sam Mack, uh, Sam McIntosh, and yep. um, my partner Ashley McConnell. Because if I don't, I'll get in trouble. You get in so much trouble. <laughs> Sam Mack is in the T52 400 meters. He went uh, ninth, I think, in this meet, and he's got the hundred coming up. Mate, if you weren't a wheelchair racer or a bloody quick sprinter, what event would you be in? Table tennis. Really? Oh, that's a tough team to crack into. Tough team to crack in, and I'm not saying that I'd do it. I just think I, I think it would be fun to do. I, I like watching it, and Danny kills it, so I feel like – actually, and Millie. I've, he smashed me in table tennis. <laughs> I, I try hard, but uh, he definitely beats me. <laughs> And then we have to play a decider and then a decider and then a decider and we just keep stretching it out. So the game's, I guess, to be continued. <laughs> hey, congratulations on the uh, on the silver medal last night, buddy. I thought it was, a, it was a bloody great race and it's so good to watch you on that big stage again. Is it a coffee-worthy race? Will you buy him a coffee? If I've got a free coffee on my card, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, I would I definitely say, buy him yeah, a free I coffee. There's a free one coming up. <laughs> <laughs> I love that bloke, hey. I, to see him grow into the man that he is, meeting him when he was 12 years old, yeah. it, it, just growing up also, like being around my kids as yeah. they grow, grew up, seeing how much they love Reed McCracken, seeing, seeing Harry scream at the screen yesterday <laughs> to cheer on Reed. I loved it. And I'm so grateful to have him in my life. Is it weird seeing, you know, this 12-year-old just rise and now he is on the world stage, 24 years of age. That might, that would probably flip me out, I think. The thing that spins me, there's, there's the same age difference between me and Reed mm. as Reed and my young fella. Oh, wow. So, you know, like my relationship with Reed, having known him for so long, yeah. and then he's got the same thing, the same age gap, the same potential relationship, unless I don't think, Harry, although Harry wants to be a wheelchair racer, <laughs> I, I don't know whether or not that's going to take place. Don't uh, tell him. Don't I, tell I, Harry. I don't ruin break, the dream. I will not break that dream. Don't you do it. No chance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, it does spin you out. Uh, but seeing how confident as well he's come to tell his story and, and to leave that team, the Paralympic team, and see Reed find his voice even more, mm. I, I, that's, that's been amazing stuff. But we have a massive day ahead of us, huge. Uh, Georgie, 
Who are you looking forward to see? Well, we thought yesterday was big. And, Kurt, there's only a couple of people that I would probably trust to take over the world. You're in there. I think you could be there. But if you teamed up with the man that I'm most looking forward to seeing in action later on this evening, Dylan Alcott, you would be absolutely unstoppable, I think. Well, he is going to be up in the quad singles semifinals later tonight. Unfortunately, his doubles partner, Heath Davidson, he lost yesterday, so he bowed out of the singles. They'll be back in action on Wednesday night in the gold medal match in the doubles. But for Dylan, it was interesting for me to see him last night because he cruised through, cruised through into the semifinals uh, against Barton, Brian Barton from the US, 616 Love. He's taking on a different opponent who I don't know too much about, but Dylan, he looked a little bit nervous when he was talking about him. Uh, and Niels Verk, and I'm unsure, how, do you know anything about him? Well, one of the things that would make you nervous is that he's not a regular on the majors. Mm. So it's the person that you don't know that is always the most terrifying yeah, okay. one. The guy that you haven't competed against a thousand times. The, the guy that's making huge jumps because they are new on the scene yeah. or they're young. So they're very hard to predict. Yep. You want to face someone that you've played a thousand times mm-hmm. because you'll have all these different uh, outcomes mapped out and you know what works and you know what their strengths are, when you know what their weaknesses yeah. are. Um, but Niels, I think, is going to be a really tough competitor. Uh, the Netherlands team had already beaten, as in the doubles, yeah. they had already beaten Dillard and Heath's major rivals in the US. So they obviously got form mm. and now we've just got to wait and see. But our love, our support, our cheers, <laughs> uh, everything is going out to Dillard in the semi-final today. 100%. But, but it's a huge day. that We're going to have to quickly, we have Madison De Rosario She's back, back, gold on medalist. Athletics, back on the athletics track. Yep. Already won a gold in the 800 metres, going into the 1500 metres final yesterday. It was a nervous wait. Yeah, okay. So the heat, her heat performance yesterday, Ooh. she needed to finish in the top three to be an automatic qualification for the final. Yes, then it comes down to time. The second semi final, the second heat was super fast. So I was sitting on the edge of my seat. I know that you would have been too because I was like trying to do maths again, not my strong point. And I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, is she is she through? Has she made it? And she did. She did. She made it through as last qualifier. Mm. So uh, there, there were a few little parts of that race that I think caught her by surprise. Madison is usually an athlete that really likes to build up, doesn't want to wait until that final sprint. Mm -hmm. She wants to build that last 500 metres to the point where you're breaking and hurting the competition behind you. I think she left her sprint a little late. She was Mm -hmm. a bit more comfortable than what uh, she maybe needed to be in a heat because Tatiana McFadden has a great kick and she kicked in the last 150 metres and she actually brought two competitors with her, one in a draft, the other on her shoulder and both, all three snuck by Madison in the last 50 metres. Still tight, but they did. Really tight, but that just meant a nervous wait till the next heat went, but Mm. it was great to see. I know I shouldn't say it's great to see, but as an Australian fan, it was great to see the competitor fall off the back of the pack. (laughs) The time started drifting out and finally my blood pressure, it dropped just a little bit. But oh. she's back on the track tonight in the final. She knows her competition. She'll know what she wants to do. And uh, now it's just having already won a gold medal. Now I think everything is cream from here. 
I really don't think that your blood pressure will be staying too low, Kerb, because we've got another massive night in the pool. <laughs> Watch my blood pressure just tick up as well, once again, with Team Dolphins. Uh, and then also more huge events coming up in the cycling. We've moved to the road at Fuji Speedway. We've already had wonderful results this morning, so I'm excited to see what will come there. It's all happening once again, and thank you again for joining us on You Little Ripper. We bring you all of the news, the wrap-ups, the previews each and every day of the Paralympics, and it means so much of us that you are listening to us and joining us to review everything that we are seeing. Make sure you get in touch on social media, on Twitter, hashtag You Little Ripper, hashtag YLR. Tell us your You Little Ripper moment. Please. Make sure you get in touch and say which moment today you looked to the sky and yelled, <laughs> and remember to tag as well myself at Georgie underscore Tunny, the very excitable at Kurt Fernley too. And we do have Auslan translations available. Transcripts are available too. So make sure you are checking out the YouTube channel. All of those links have been posted beneath the podcast. So make sure you're getting the podcast at the ABC Listen app or wherever you get them. And you can find all that information there. Chat soon. You little ripper! Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.